Or from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. We're going to play another episode of New World A-Coming as our uh, Black History episodes resume. This is much more of a dramatization than a reenactment of true life events as we've heard in uh, the last two episodes of New World A-Coming. But the uh, events described certainly reflect the challenges faced by many black nurses during World War II. So here now from April 22nd of 1945 is the story of Negro nurses. The sweep and fury of the resurrection. There's a new world coming. Every Sunday at this hour, WMCA, in cooperation with the Citywide Citizens Committee on Harlem, brings you a series of vivid programs on Negro life, based on the theme of Roy Otley's book, New World Coming. Today we present the story of Negro Nurses, written by Saul Carson, starring the brilliant young American actress now appearing in the title role of Anna LaCosta, Miss Hilda Sims, the star of the Broadway play The Hasty Heart, Miss Ann Berg, the well-known character star of stage and radio, Miss Georgia Burke, and the outstanding personality of this series of the stage and motion pictures, Mr. Canada Lee, produced and directed by Mitchell Grayson. Our story today concerns two Army nurses, Betty Hayes, a Negro girl, and her white friend, Margaret Johnson, at a first aid station in Italy. Right now, Margaret, the white nurse, is in charge of the American Army aid station which is located as close to the front as the Army will allow women nurses to work. Indian Villa, where the aid station is located. Safe from bombs and shells, but not from pain and sometimes death. For here are wounded men, 19 of them, some of them seriously hurt, and all being cared for by one nurse, Margaret Johnson. Nurse, nurse, can I have a cigarette, please? Water, nurse. Water, please. Hey, hey, quit worrying that girl, chump. Can't you see she's about ready to fall on Cigarette her face? nurse, please. Water. Water. Take it Water. easy, Paula. She's doing all she can alone. I'll be with you in a second, boys, as soon as I get this splint on. Oh, I'm sorry, soldier, but if we get this splint on properly, you're riding the ambulance and we're just that much more comfortable. Now, come on, just one more stretch of that arm. I'm sorry, sister. I, I mean, Lieutenant. For a minute, I was acting like a baby, wasn't I? I know it hurts. When a man's hurt, he has a right to say ouch or swear or tear the sheets. But you'll be better soon. You heard what the doctor said a few minutes ago? Yeah, sure. I heard what he said about me. And about you, too. <coughs> You've been on duty twice as long as you should be. And I wouldn't blame you much if you walked out and left us to the medical corps men, even if your relief didn't come. It's a shame you have to work like that. That's what I... Easy, soldier. Now hold tight. This'll hurt. Ow! That did hurt for a change. I'm sorry. Oh. Lieutenant! Hey, Lieutenant! We got another wounded soldier, nurse. Where do we put this one? Huh? Oh, uh, there's one cot left in the corner of the room, men. Wait a minute, I'll help you. Hey, why don't you park him someplace else? 
Don't you MCs know the address of no other station besides this one? One more patient, this nurse will be a patient herself. Nuts, Mac. What do you think's happening on the other stations? USO shows? We bring him where the medical court tells us. All right, men, let's ease him over. Easy now. Uh, don't bother, Lieutenant. Uh, we can lift him. Oh, gee. That GI is out like a light. But the doc said he ain't serious. As soon as you can fix wait, him wait, up... Wait a minute, man. I... 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 Dizzy. Hey, Joe, she passed out. Uh, Lieutenant. Here. Quick. Hand me that stuff. That, that bottle of spirits of ammonia. Okay, here it is. I pour a little of that stuff into a glass and put some water in it, too. Easy now. Lieutenant. Easy. Here. Uh, Lieutenant. Drink this. Thanks. Are you all right now? <laughs> Holy mackerel, she's faded again. the nurse in charge here. It's so Where dark over there you can hardly see, I know, but there she is over there. She's passed out. Oh, goodness, I'd better get over there and help her. You sure need some help around here. Excuse me, soldier, I'm a nurse. Help me take care of her. Say, where did you come from? I've just been assigned to the station to relieve Lieutenant Johnson. She's to report to the rear immediately. Relieve? Yes, I'm Second Lieutenant Hayes is my name. The Army Nurse Corps. Lieutenant Johnson will be surprised to see me when she opens her eyes. We went to nurse's school together back home. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad it was you they sent to my old station, Betty. So glad. Gee, not any more than I was, Margaret. Hey, how do you feel now that you've had three weeks in this army rest camp? I feel like going back and helping you at the old aid station. Oh, no, no more of that for you. At least not for the time being. You rate a good long rest. Yeah, but the army's short of nurses. They need all the help they can get. They're really getting some help now that they've opened the ranks to colored nurses. I can't understand why they're sending me home. There isn't a thing the matter with me except... Except that you're so weak from overwork that you can hardly stand up. Well, they can keep me here another couple of weeks instead of shipping me home. All for a silly little breakdown. I didn't get into the army to spend the war in a rest camp to be flown home in a plane. You'll be back in harness again real soon, Margaret. Meanwhile, you know, the army doctors know best. Hey, what time is your plane scheduled to leave? Hmm? Where's my watch? Oh, I should think in about 25 minutes or so. An ambulance will call for me and drive me to the airfield. <laughs> but never mind me. Here it is the first time we've seen each other since our graduation from nursing school. Except for that stupid business of my faint at the aid station. You haven't told me a thing about yourself. Come clean now. What front have you been on? How did you get along? I want to know everything. Front? What front have I been on? Betty, you don't mean to tell me this is the first time you've seen active service. Why, it's a year almost since that night at Garrison Memorial. That night at Garrison Memorial. Seems far away, doesn't it, Margaret? It's almost a year. Yeah. In that year, I was on a front. A front of another kind of war. Oh, don't look so alarmed, Margaret. The fact that I'm here now... That I came as your relief proves that that front is being cleared up, too. Lieutenant Johnson? Yes, Sergeant. Uh, Major Whitley's orders, Lieutenant. Your transport plane will be ready in 20 minutes. Thank you. I'll be ready. Now, Betty, tell me what happened to you from the very beginning. Well, that night at Garrison Memorial Hospital, you remember how excited we were when we all stood around and took the Nightingale Oath together? How happy all of us were thinking about the next day when we'd go over to the procurement office, full-fledged nurses ready to sign up for the Army? Remember? Yeah, I remember that night. You said you told you were told to come in at 10 in the morning, and my time was set for 10.30. Yeah. I was there ahead of time, and I saw you ahead of me in line. 
I saw that man at the desk look over your credentials, hand you the application blank, and send you into that other room, which meant they were going to give you the physical. And I said to myself then, Margaret and I will take our basic at the same camp together, just as we went through school together and through the hospital together, and maybe we'll even be sent to the same front. Well, I was hoping we would be, too. I was very happy. The line moved fast that morning. Pretty soon, there were only two girls ahead of me, both from our own school. There was Beatrice, and behind her, Francis Goldberg. You remember that cute little snub-nosed kid who was so much fun at school? Sure. And I was right behind Francis, just as at Garrison, the fact that I was a Negro didn't seem to matter at all. Here were my friends, my own schoolmates. Well, Beatrice was sent through quickly, just as you were, and Francis, too, given the application blank and sent right in there for a physical. And now, now it was my turn next. After all the dreaming about the army, this was going to come true at last. It was easy. There was nothing to it. Any moment now, he'd call me. And then suddenly I realized that Francis had already gone into the other room. I was the girl nearest the desk. But that man didn't call my name. Hmm? He didn't even look at me. His expression was blank. He just sat there staring, staring past me. Well, to attract his attention, I thought maybe he was just tired after all those interviews. I coughed, but nothing happened. It seemed like forever. I was just standing there, and the long line of girls behind me, and the room was quiet. And Finally, he looked straight at me. You're Betty Hayes, I take it? Yes, sir. What school are you from? Garrison Memorial Hospital, Boston, sir. The same school the three of the girls you just put through are from, sir. Oh, yes, yes. Garrison, Boston. They do mix there, don't they? Yes, sir. They do treat you people very democratically there, don't they? Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Garrison, Boston. Well, so now you want to be a nurse. I am a nurse, sir. I graduated last night. Yes, yes, yes. I... And now you want to get into the Army. Is that it? Yes, sir. Miss Hayes, the Army's a pretty tough place, you know, for a girl like you. Why don't you try to get into a civilian hospital? Now, the superintendent of the colored hospital down in my hometown in Mississippi is a pretty good colored fellow. And I could write to him about you if you wanted to. I could see that you... Sir, I came here because I was interested in joining the Army Nurse Corps, not to join the staff of a civilian hospital. The Army needs trained nurses, and I want to volunteer. Well, in that case, take this application blank and fill it out sometime when you have a chance. When you do, then mail it in. Here, you can use this government envelope. Save you three cents. That's all. Next. <laughs> Incredible, Betty. Is that the way you were treated, really? I'm not making this up, Margaret. It's the truth. That's terrible. Well, what happened after that? It took me three weeks to get any kind of action on my application. Then I was rooted to a few specialists for my physical. One doctor wasn't good enough for me. Because I wore glasses, they sent me first to an oculus. Well, uh, I don't know. Now, your left eye, yes, it's certainly farsighted. Besides having a bit of, uh, well, I would say a trace... Uh, how long has it been since you changed your eyeglasses, Betty? Well, they wanted me to get my new eyeglasses, so I got myself new eyeglasses. Then I was sent to a nose and throat man. I don't know. But I think you have a minor sinus condition. Doesn't show definitely, but there's a slight possibility that it may affect your work. I'll just make a note of it in your application. Next came a visit to an orthopedist. Ah, uh, fallen arches, girlie, fallen arches. Sorry you can't go into the army with flat feet. Something was beginning to go flat by that time, and it wasn't my feet. Those examinations had taken almost all the heart out of me. Honestly, Margaret, that heart specialist finished me off. He found a murmur, and it was definite. I was not for the army. It must have been horrible for you to go through all that miserable treatment, Betty. 
What did you do then? It took my mother three months after that heart diagnosis to get me out of the mood I'd got into. Finally, I tried to snap out of it. When I couldn't be in the Army, I thought I could still work as a nurse. So I went to the office of the Association of Colored Graduate Nurses and asked for the Executive Secretary, Mrs. Stoppard. I'm Betty Hayes. I wrote to Mrs. Stoppers for an appointment. Yes, Mrs. Hayes, walk right in. She's expecting you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Miss Hayes, come right in, won't you please? Thank you, Mrs. Stoppers. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Well, what can I do for you? Mrs. Stoppers, I'm a nurse, a graduate of Garrison Memorial, Boston. Here's my certificate. Oh, thank you. I would like you to advise, if you would, what hospital... I mean, civilian hospital I could go to where they need me most. Oh, why, certainly, Miss Hayes. Let me see. You want a job in a civilian hospital? Yes, that's correct. I see on your certificate you've put in six months in the nurse cadet corps. But apparently you're not interested in going into the Army or Navy. No, Mrs. Stoppers. I think I want a civilian job. Well, there are many hospitals crying for nurses today. But the greatest call is from the Army. They have a drive on to and there's 15,000 nurses this year. But, of course, if you're not interested... I was interested... But the Army doesn't want me. I mean, I'm not exactly fit for the Army. Not physically fit? Heart condition. I have a murmur. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, that changes things. With a heart condition, you realize, of course, you can't be accepted even in a civilian hospital either. Well, that's why I came to see you, Mrs. Stoppers. I need someone like you to help me. I don't know what to do. Nursing is the only thing I've ever wanted to do ever since I was a little girl. But with a heart murmur, you know it would be impossible Mrs. to Mrs. Get... Stoppers, I don't believe I have a murmur. That was just an excuse to disqualify me from joining the service. Do you have any proof or evidence to support... If it were true, then why didn't they find the condition when I first enrolled in the nurse cadet corps? Why didn't someone tell me then? It's not true. It's not. They don't want any colored nurses. That's the truth. They don't want me because I'm not white. Because I'm a Negro, I'm not good enough. They don't want me. <laughs> Well, Margaret, that's how it was the day in Mrs. Stopper's office when I went to see her. I understand how you felt, Betty. No one could have blamed you. I can't tell what it was that made me return to Mrs. Stopper's office. I guess it was just that I thought seriously about what she'd said and about what our people had done in the war effort. A week later, there I was, back again in Mrs. Stopper's office. I was calmer this time. Did she help you? Help isn't a big enough word. She sent me to one of the best heart specialists in town. What did he find? Not a thing. He gave me an absolute clean bill of health. How wonderful. But I still couldn't bring myself around to change my mind about the kind of job I wanted. So Mrs. Stoppers proceeded along a new track. And... All right, young lady. If your mother can't talk you into reapplying for the Army, I'm certainly not going to try to. Now let's go over to the files here, and we'll see which civilian hospitals have openings at the present time. Now, right here, I have all the requests from civilian hospitals. And you see how many there are. There's Elizabethtown, very fine hospital. You'd like the town, too. But maybe you'd prefer being near a home. Now, let me see. Mount Sinai could use six nurses today if they could get them. Would you like to go to Mount Sinai? Betty, you're not listening, are you? That, that poster, that poster across the room, Mrs. Stoppers. Oh, excuse me. Is, is that poster really official, really issued by the War Department? Oh, we know now that there's nothing wrong with your eyes. You can read that poster, can't you? Huh? Oh, yes, of course. Prepared and issued by Press Branch, Bureau of Public Relations, United States Department of War, Washington, D.C. Well, 
I don't understand. Mr. Stoppers, I just don't understand. It's just a recruiting advertisement for nurses. Recruiting yes. is part of the war department job, you know. Yes, but these people on the poster, photographs and names of so many of them, and all of them, all of them are Negro nurses. Oh, there are not so many there. This is only a handful, just a few of our girls in the service. Only those who've been given special mentions. Second Lieutenant Rose Elliott, Morton, Pennsylvania. Second Lieutenant Louise Lomax, Norway, Virginia. First Lieutenant Mayor Louise Petty, Chicago, Illinois. Second Lieutenant Doris... Doris! That's my girlfriend from my own block. She was only two years ahead of me in high school. Gee, and now she's not only an army nurse, but the War Department seems proud of her. Puts a picture on a poster and finds her army work good enough to tell other people about. Mrs. Stoppers, if these girls, these Negro girls, did such good work, why didn't the War Department want me? Now, wait a minute. You are the one who said you didn't want to join the army nurses. But all that trouble I had, Mrs. Stoppers, all the runaround I got and the pushing around, eyes and sinuses and flat feet and heart murmur. Murmur. It was enough to make anyone... It was enough to make anyone who really understand there want to go out and fight. But not against the war department, not against the army. Your country wants you, but certain individuals don't want you. Certain individuals who either don't know better or know only too well why they want to push colored people around. Those are the people who made things tough for you. And not your country. And they are the same people who hope you will do exactly what you have done. Give up, run into a corner, maybe lose your heart altogether. But the War Department and the Army in our country don't belong to such people. They belong to us, to all of us, white and black alike. Will you do your job, Betty? Or will you let yourself be beaten by those who won't keep you down? Well, Betty, I'll join the service. <laughs> From that day on, there wasn't anything to it. After I took my basic and I was given my orders, I stood there with the rest of the girls, all of us together, taking the nightingale oath. With loyalty will I endeavor to aid the physician in his work and devote myself to those committed to my care. I, I take, take this obligation, obligation without, without any, any mental reservation or purpose, or purpose of evasion. evasion. I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So, so help me God. God. So help me God. <laughs> and now here I am. Little Betty Hayes, like the Marines, arriving in time to take over after you've collapsed. <laughs> and I'm so happy, Margaret, so happy. You know, I just thought of something, Betty. If you'd been allowed to come into the service earlier, perhaps I would have had the help I needed and not collapsed. Lieutenant <laughs> Johnson, your ambulance has just arrived. It's time for you to stop the plane. Thanks, Sergeant. Well, this is it, Betty. Homeward bound. Look, I'll help you get into your wheelchair. Oh, I'll be able to manage myself, I think. Betty, I'll tell you a secret. I'm glad you're here. So are all those wounded soldiers. They need you. And hundreds more like you. Well, Margaret, you have a chance when you get back home to do a great job. What's that? Tell all the girls you meet, all of them, that they can do a great job for their country and for themselves as human beings by getting into the nurse corps and serving today where they're needed most. I'll take that as an assignment for all girls, Negro and white. Good for you. That's just the way it should be. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You've been listening to New World, a comic, which today has brought you the story of Negro Nurses, written by Saul Carson, starring Hilda Sims as Betty Hayes, Georgia Burke as Mrs. Stoppers, Ann Burr as Margaret Johnson, and Canada Lee as the soldier. The program is produced and directed by Mitchell Grayson. Other members of the cast today included Fred Carter, John Adair, Jack Gordon, Don Gibson, and Charles Perry. Music by James Lozito is conducted by Jerry Sears. Theme song by Duke Ellington. Next week, New World of Coming will present Report from the Front, an up-to-the-minute dramatic report on the Negro troops now serving with General Patton's Third Army on the approaches to Berlin. Friends, if you'd like to attend a broadcast of New World of Coming, which is based on the theme of Roy Otley's book for the same name, you may obtain tickets by writing your request to WMCA, 1657 Broadway, Zone 19, New York City. And the tickets will be forwarded to you at once. Your announcer is George Willard. This was a public service presentation of WMCA. Here is a message addressed to the registered nurses of New York. By enlisting in the Army Nurse Corps now, you'll receive the status, privileges, and pay of a second lieutenant, and two with medicine making such rapid strides in the treatment and care of the sick and injured. Nurses who learn these new techniques in wartime through service with the medical department will have greater opportunities for advancement in the peacetime practice of their profession. Contact the Army Nurse Procurement Office at 39 Whitehall Street, Manhattan. Contact the Army Nurse Procurement Office at 39 Whitehall Street, Manhattan.
This is America's leading independent station. Welcome back. Well, a very moving and well done story. And we continue to see this very uh, clear delineation between your country and some bigoted people who are standing in the way of you being able to serve it. This will be the last episode of New World Coming we play during uh, the month of February, but we will probably uh, revisit some of the uh, later episodes of the series later on in the war. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, KenCurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net.